Welcome to DLSN, a podcast brought to you by McGuire Woods. DLSN promotes the advancement of women in private equity and finance through conversations with women in the private equity and finance space. These conversations provide both insights and practical takeaways to inform your deal work and enhance the culture of your organization. If you're ready to drive the industry toward a more inclusive and diverse environment, then it's time to come to the table. Hello, and welcome to the Deal Us In podcast, sponsored by McGuire Woods. My name is Xaviera Webb, and I'm a first-year private equity associate based in our Charlotte office. Today, I'm happy to be your host and to get to chat with Tamika Tyson from TGC Impact. Tamika has had an illustrious career across corporate, operational, and now private equity experiences, and we are so glad to have her on the podcast today to tell us all about her illustrious career and the great work that TGC Impact does. Hello, and thank you for having me. Thank you for being here with us. My first question for you is the easiest one. Just tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your journey to private equity and founding TGC Impact. Well, first and foremost, and important, I'm a Texan. I have over 25 years of risk management and structuring experience. I've worked in banking, energy, industrials, and in international markets, and interestingly, through five different economic cycles. What kind of led me here to co-founding TGC was really to solve a problem. We oftentimes talk about the access to capital issue And really, we said, hey, why don't we solve that problem by actually putting capital to work? And so really, TGC was founded to address the access to capital gap for women and people of color. Awesome. Awesome. So I'd love to hear more about kind of the journey to eventually founding TGC and whether you knew kind of going in or at what point you discovered that private equity was uh, where you would like your career to go. If you would have asked me 20 years ago if this is where I would be, I probably would have said no. But after having years of kind of experience in industry and managing through various economic cycles, I've learned a lot along the way. And when kind of you're looking at the world and everyone talking about the access to capital gap, I'm a problem solver. And so my, my natural reaction was, let's not talk about it. Let's actually start working to solve this problem. And so that really kind of is what led me to private equity. I saw a gap in the market that we felt like wasn't being addressed by the majority of the funds in the marketplace. We say, how do we fill that gap? And that's kind of been the pathway to getting to TGC. And I left a great corporate career because I I believe that there are a lot of opportunities in the space. And if I or people like me aren't actually working to solve that, the gap will persist. Long term. I love, love hearing that response. Um, I definitely, like you said, the access to capital is really lacking when it comes to investing in the South and in women and people of color. And so it is wonderful work that TGC Impact is doing. I'd love to know more about how you feel like your corporate experience has. Um, enabled, has informed your uh, experience within private equity. I think that it seems that a lot of people uh, want to come out of business school and go straight there. So I'd love to just hear more about uh, 
that operational time. A little stepping back just a little bit, TGC stands for Transformational Growth Capital. And really, we, we provide growth equity to companies owned or managed by women and people or people of color. So let's just kind of at this fundamental stage, that's what TGC is. How my corporate career impacts kind of the work we do and the investments we make is that I've worked through executing strategy. Um, it's, it's one thing to set strategy. It's another thing to actually have to execute it and live through the market changing while you're executing that strategy. How, do you, how resilient are you when maybe kind of interest rates go up? We always remember when they go up. We rarely remember when they go down. But how does that impact and change the strategy that you have? So I think that's part of the reason why I think going into a corporate space, it's helpful because you get, it's really on the job training and you're learning more about how larger organizations make decisions and being a part of those decisions and that you can take that into kind of the lower end of the middle market and help growing businesses who just don't necessarily have access to some of those additional resources to kind of make better decisions um, and kind of operating and managing and growing their business. Wonderful. And thank you for telling us what TGC stands for. I think that that is a perfect kind of encompassing of everything that you all stand for. And so going more into the kind of the founding of TGC Impact, I just kind of wanted to know at what point during your career you kind of had the moment that was like, okay, this is, it is time to make this transition so that I can get on the capital provider side of things? Well, really, you know, it was kind of 2020, 2021. I'm just kind of looking at the world. And I believe that one shouldn't complain about what they see if they're not prepared to jump in the race and actually change it. And so that is actually what drove um, me into this space is, okay, that's fine. We can bring what we know and we can bring our networks. We can bring our experience and actually start, solving again, solving a market problem. You know, great companies are first out of solving problems. Sometimes they're problems you know you have, and sometimes they're problems that you don't even know. Just like who knew before that we actually needed a phone that recorded everything that we did, right? But they solved the problem. We had multiple devices. Now we only have one. And so really that's kind of how that path came is about just solving a problem. Not complaining about it, but actually working to solve it. I love that orientation, a real propensity towards action. And so now getting kind of into uh, TGC's focus on women and people of color and the American South, I'd love to hear more about kind of how you, particularly the decision to invest in the South, just how you kind of came to that decision and how you think that provides TGC with a competitive advantage or? Well, I guess let's unpack kind of the strategy. We invest in women and people of color. We know that there's an access to capital gap. We saw in the marketplace that a lot of the funds that were looking to solve and invest in that space were in the early stage in venture. And we said, okay, so where's the real opportunity? And we thought growth capital and actually growing and helping small businesses to scale was valuable. Um, typically, these are companies that are cash flow po- positive, and they're really at an inflection point, but they're too small for the large institutional capital providers to kind of take a look at them. And so if we could help companies bridge that gap, we think, one, that's transformational. As you think about the South, 
there's a great migration back to the South. So all of the people who have left to go to New York and Chicago are starting to move back. I live in Texas. I think I saw a stat that over 50 Fortune 500 companies have moved their headquarters to Texas from 13 different states and three different countries, right? So people are moving back South. So they, and, and they're moving back South wide. And um, it's definitely not due to the climate, <laughs> but they're moving down because this is a great kind of a landscape for businesses. It's business friendly. And so you're just seeing that attraction of those down here. Cost of living is typically a little bit better. And so you're just seeing that migration. It's also an undercapitalized part of the United States. When you think about where capital is, you think about New York, you think about Chicago, you think about California. And so there are just more opportunities because it's been undercapitalized for so long. And then when you think about investing in women and people of color, the South is home to seven of the top 10 states for those founders. And so that is really what drives, drove us to invest in the South. But I will also add, and most importantly, we're also from the South. So we understand the South and some of the nuances of living down here. I absolutely love that focus. Also being, you know, born and raised in the South and having experienced, you know, other parts of the country, I definitely feel like the South is underrated and undervalued for the very real economic impact that it currently has and that it has the potential to have in the future, especially for women, people of color. Now, kind of going to the our focus on women in private equity and finance, I'd love to hear what uh, you think are the is the current biggest challenge uh, facing women entrepreneurs, maybe in addition to uh, the access to capital piece that TDC is doing a great job with. I think let's probably expand about that capital question and funding. Women are actually opting out more than their male counterparts to not even seek external capital. And when they do, they're typically getting less or at a higher cost. And so I think that is a challenge because the reality is at a certain point, you're going to need a capital to actually grow and expand your business. And so lacking those resources, it limits or at least prolongs how long it takes for companies owned or managed by women um, to actually grow. So that's kind of probably the first I would also say we have a kind of a data challenge and that because the data is so, hey, it's hard to do, um, statistically, women are more likely to get told no. Just again, more women are, are just opting out. And I think that's also a really big challenge when you're when you're looking at female entrepreneurs. To that opting out point, do you have kind of any ideas or just brainstorms for how you think more women can be encouraged to get out there and seek and seek capital, especially as more people are starting to really focus on the sector? So I, I do think that there's been a lot of attention and focus on kind of more funds focused and geared towards women. I think a lot of funds are trying to are starting to get asked and are looking at the data of how often they're investing in women. And so I think kind of having the data and the things that you're measuring will cause people to think about and seek for other opportunities. And so that's going to hopefully be over the long term positive to female entrepreneurs. I also would say stay persistent. I saw a statistic once that women or in people of color get told no three times on average before they get a yes. 
Now, although that might not be the most encouraging stat, what that tells me is if you've only been told no three times, you should keep asking. And so I would say that's going to be one of the real kind of critical things that are happening is that we have to keep asking. We have to keep going, showing up in the rooms. We have to keep knocking on the doors. And at some point, someone's going to open the door. And then I would say celebrate the small victories. It is easy to focus on maybe kind of the on the hard days. But if you can really celebrate those small victories, it will encourage you on the days that aren't so great. I really enjoyed that. Uh, the persistence point, I feel like it can be very difficult, with, especially with the way that women and people of color are socialized in this country to get comfortable with the risk of being like annoying or being needy or anything like that. Because the odds are stacked against you, it is so important to keep going and to keep pushing forward anyway. When it comes to your own personal journey, what do you think are the character traits that have really um, enabled your success? And what ways did you cultivate those um, talents or seek to cultivate them? Well, you're probably not going to be surprised that one of them is I'm a problem solver. I think it's important to kind of look at the world and look at the situation and analyze all the information and really look at for innovative ways to solve whatever problem that you're faced with. Not necessarily taking no as a no, but it's I haven't convinced you yet. And I think I probably got that from my parents. And so they'll be pleased that they got a shout out. Another one is taking calculated risk. That is not something that I think women always do. We will analyze and analyze and we'll think about it and we'll talk and we'll ask a lot of people what they think before we're willing to stay, step out and embrace an opportunity sometimes. And sometimes you just have to take calculated risk. And just kind of figure out what the downside is and just jump into the deep end of the pool. Another trait is, is really just being authentic, not only to, with others, but to myself. I think when you have to be truly who you are and um, being honest, if you talk to anyone, I'm very, you know, principled and very kind of, I will I'll always feel kind of more of a truth teller and really kind of build genuine connections. You do business with people. You don't do business with business. You do it with people. And so I think that's also a very important trait. And I think the last one is being resilient. Sometimes you get told no. Sometimes it doesn't work out the way you think it's supposed to work out. And sometimes it's not of no fault of your own. And you still have to get up the next day and go out in the marketplace and try again. And so I think those would probably be the four characteristics. I mean, a problem solver, taking calculated risk, being authentic, and being resilient. Yeah, I need all of that advice, definitely. I think especially regarding that resilience point, especially I for women entrepreneurs who get told no very often, building that up is, I imagine, critical. Typically, there was a reason you decided to step out the first place. Right? You decided, I want to do something that maybe no one else has done. And there was you had a passion or you felt like you had a better way. And so you can't let sometimes the no's deter you from that passion if you really fundamentally believe that what you're trying to do is the right thing. It may take you longer. I'm not going to say that's not necessarily the case. You may have to find different ways to get there. And remember, there are different paths to getting to the end and being comfortable with that. Definitely. I think that it can be very difficult in life and also and especially in business to not get stuck to the plan because the plan doesn't know that COVID-19 is going to happen. The plan just 
can't account for all of it. And so I think that analysis paralysis is a very real thing for all entrepreneurs, but especially diverse entrepreneurs to overcome because you can't decide in advance (laughs) that everything is going to work out. You just have to work towards it each day. And when working with your entrepreneurs and the operators, what are some of the character traits that you kind of look for when thinking about who you would like to partner with and who you see is really able to bring forward, bring about the growth that uh, TGC is investing towards? People who understand the business that they're in, how their business makes money, what drives their business. I think that's always important in any investment opportunity. But also as important as people who know what they don't know. They know where they're not necessarily strong and they can articulate that. And so then it kind of becomes about, okay, great to have the emotional intelligence to realize I'm really good at some things. I'm not as good at other things. And I need to bridge that gap of what I'm not great at and then be comfortable with letting people help them in bridging that gap. So I think that those are kind of good characteristics of any business owner is to know your business, to know your markets, to know your customers, basically know your stakeholders. Um, know what you do well and your value prop to the marketplace. And and where you may have a gap, you look and seek to solve and fill those gaps. Awesome. So this last kind of getting at both within the corporate world, but also within entrepreneurship, within private equity, what are some strategies that you've used or you've seen others use to help themselves advance in their organization, despite being women, despite being Um, a person of color, or any kind of other marginalized identity? Well, you know, there's clearly a theme in this conversation. I would say, one, embrace new opportunities and being willing to get out of your comfort zone. Um, If there's an opportunity in front of you, seize it. Remember that the biggest breakthroughs often come when you dare to think beyond the conventional. I would say when when you get a, a seat at the table, sit in the seat. You've gotten there. You kind of be responsible for the seat while you're sitting in it. Always clearly always look to see who's in the room with you and who could you bring in along with you. I would say stay focused. The world's full with distractions. And so you've got to keep your eye on the prize and tune out the noise. Keep looking at your goals. Determination and dedication will propel you forward. Being undeterred by obstacles or the skeptics who say it can't be done. I would always say when people tell me they're not going to let them do something, I'm like, they're not. So now what are you going to do? Remember, challenges are opportunities in disguise waiting to be conquered. That is a great saying. Um, Challenges are opportunities in disguise waiting to be conquered. Um, I need to put that on the wall in my office. (laughs) I love it. So obviously within um, the private equity space, there are not very many women, Black people, and especially not Black women. So I'd love to hear, especially as a young Black woman growing up in this industry, how you kind of think that has, that difference in perspective has been a boon for for you in navigating your previous corporate career and within the private equity space. I think it's a competitive advantage. And I try to always frame things in a way that's empowering and not disempowering. It's an advantage in that, Sometimes people may underestimate what I can bring. And so I love to surprise them and shock them. I think it's all about adding value. And I, and I firmly, if I can add value and solve problems, people will want to bring you along. And so I think that's part of kind of the key 
is to kind of be a resource, add value, know your value proposition. I think that's equally important. And know that if we're, you're in a space that's not valuing you, that then you have a decision point as well. Because I think sometimes we forget we get a, we get a vote as well. It's not just the other person that gets a vote. And so I, I just, again, I, I always strive to be the best and work efficiently. I think sometimes we want to work really, 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 really hard and say, if I work really, really, really hard and I'm really smart, they'll sometimes one day value me. I say, I think we need to work efficient. And again, make sure that people are then starting to seek your knowledge. I'm a life learner. I think it's important to be a life learner so that you stay competitive. And then again, I what I feel Challenges are just opportunities in disguise. And so I take every challenge as just that. It's an opportunity to do something different, to prove a point. And I always say to win a new ally. Such just great advice, like abounds uh, right before we get to our signature question, which I wish I'd had this um, interview to listen to when I was 22. But we would just like to know kind of what advice uh, you would give your younger self uh, starting out in, in your career. I think there are two things. One, I would say travel and maybe take that gap year, see the world, get different perspectives, be the other. Regardless of who you are, you, you, there's an opportunity for you to be the other and you can learn a lot of being the other. And if you're from the U.S., go somewhere else, that's, you know, outside of the U.S. And they'll have a view of it as you as an American, right? And understanding what that other is and then just kind of the rich knowledge that comes with that. But what I would tell myself, is, and I would say it just this way, I would say, hey, chill out. <laughs> Enjoy the ride. Life's like a roller coaster. So buckle up, keep your arms in the cart, embrace some twists and turns, and remember you've got this. The best moments have often come when you let go and go with the flow. That is just a wonderful spot to end this conversation on. Um, I That's advice that I need to hear right now at this moment. And so just thank you for all of the one nuggets that you shared uh, during this chat. And thank you also for uh, all the work that TGC Impact is doing and empowering entrepreneurs in the South. Uh, women and people of color. Thank you for, for everything. My goal is that at the end of my career, investing in women and people of color is not an asset class. It's just good business. And we'll demonstrate that and prove that out through returns. And so when we think about kind of the access to capital gap, I'll play a part to changing that. And, let's, and so let's all work towards changing it from being an asset cap class with a small allocation to just good business. And that's kind of, I think, the goal. I hope everyone will join me in seeing the outcomes too. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I hope that you have a great rest of your day. And I hope that you all enjoyed listening to this episode of DLSN. Have a great evening. Thank you for joining us at the table for this episode of DLSN. If you have a recommendation for an inspiring interviewee, a question you'd like us to ask, or topic you would like to hear covered, or if you'd like to tell us about women-focused initiatives in the field, please email us at wpef at mcguirewoods.com. We look forward to hearing from you. This podcast was recorded and is being made available by McGuire Woods for informational purposes only. By accessing this podcast, 
you acknowledge that McGuire Woods makes no warranty, guarantee, or representation as to the accuracy or sufficiency of the information featured in the podcast. The views, information, or opinions expressed during this podcast series are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily reflect those of McGuire Woods. This podcast should not be used as a substitute for competent legal advice from a licensed professional attorney in your state and should not be construed as an offer to make or consider any investment or course of action.